This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, Jesus gets kicked out of the Southern Baptist Church. We talk about a televangelist that gets his what fourth jet. And our special guest is Sergey Flores from Irish Whiskey Magazine. We have all of that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the Pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's Honorable Mention Hot Dog Contest Eater of the Year, the inventor of the Redneck Egg Roll. Give it up on old mic number one, it's Mojo! How about you, buddy? Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning. Uh, actually, thanks for pressing play. Mm-hmm. I always yep. say tune in, but thanks for pressing play. <laughs> thanks for selecting uh, this podcast to listen to. Uh, you can always please share our episodes. You can, uh, if you're not subscribed already, please go to one of our formats: Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher. Uh, subscribe, it, give it. us a review. Uh, you can also check us out on the Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can find us on the webs at southernfryphilosophy.com. Also on the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio, and I think that's – oh, YouTube. YouTube.com YouTube. forward slash SFP Radio. I think that's Come it. on. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping tips. By the time that you get this episode, uh, however you're listening to it, you should be able to go to our Patreon link at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. Uh, if you uh, decide you want to give $20 a month, we will send out a shirt to you. And then um, if you just want to give to the show just to keep it running, we would greatly appreciate that so we will have that up and running and it'll be on our website so you can check it out there at southernfriedphilosophy.com if you also want to check us out in studio live you can send us an email at sfpradio at gmail.com and you yourself can be sitting in the bad mother smokers smoking hot seats right here in the busted knuckle studio so we would uh, love to have you you can just hang out chill with us i mean we got the lights down low I mean, it's kind of romantic in here. I'm just saying, you might want to join. Um, so I'm you know, gonna, always bring a mini chicken nugget tray and six oh, pack be of beer. Good. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love a chicken mini tray Ch- right now. Chick Chick Fil A chicken nuggets. Not side note. Uh, did you know that Charlotte is going to be one of the test cases for these chicken sliders now? Oh, really? Like on mm-hmm. the bigger mini buns? So do the, yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I think that they're. Chicken biscuits are becoming mm-hmm. chicken minis. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's how it's going. We've always talked about this. Our fast, my, my fixation with Chick Fil A, I absolutely adore it. But their biscuits do suck. Uh, they are awful. They're the worst. I did have one. Uh, this was a while ago that wasn't as dry as yeah. sand. So it was a little bit. Better. They do everything else right, but they can't get the biscuits. They can't. And, and, and sausage. Listen, don't don't try that sausage. <laughs> my wife said to me. Uh, do you want a sausage biscuit from Chick-fil-A? And I looked at her like she was crazy. She's like, what? There's a Bojangles right down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're going to go that. Anyway, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, how you be darn? We talked about this but, uh, uh, before this show, but mm. you know what's got my, my biscuits burning? Tell me. Eighth grade graduation. <laughs> Eighth grade. You've made it through eight. Congratulations. Why Why do we do this? Just mm. like we talked about the dance I had to take my daughter to and how, mm. how these have gotten so expensive. And But how 
when and why and where do we start eighth grade graduation? Are we expecting our kids not to reach the apex of twelfth grade, so that we have to mm-hmm. go ahead and just you know cut it a quarter, a quarter of the way through and <laughs> congratulate them? I just don't understand that. So. Well, they're moving to a new school, right? So, so yeah, there's that. They stopped kindergarten graduation, which is way cuter. Yeah, a bunch of eighth grade turds graduating. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand I mean, this thing. Look at our our graduation statistics, and that actually might not not be too far off. Well, if they start using the eighth grade statistics to justify funding, it'll be like, oh, hundred percent of our students graduated. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I don't quite get it. Yeah. Oh, so how you been doing? I'm good. We're we're coming off of Memorial Day. So did you have a good uh, good Memorial Day holiday? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we had uh, some neighbors, Bayo neighborhood over. I guess mm-hmm. uh, grilled out. Um, d- done some other things. I can't remember now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty good. Nice. Chillaxing you. Yeah. Uh, on Memorial Day, we literally just watched uh, some billions on TV. Okay. Uh, caught up on a couple other shows and then just fell so you asleep. had a Netflix and chill. We did. We All we right. did a lot of Netflixing and zero chilling. I got you. So yeah. no hello time. <laughs> so anyway. Well, there you go. Um, but I will tell you, uh, upcoming, so the show's going to be released on Monday. So this very night, if you don't have anything else to do, uh, I am going to Frank Caliendo. I'm really, really excited about Frank. Um, he does really good impressions. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff, but That's, I think he had a Netflix special. I think I've seen. He's a uh, really good at his uh, different impressions. Did uh, Gruden, Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I'm just a sucker for that. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah. if you ain't got anything else to do and you're listening on Monday, just uh, see so go to Comedy Zone Charlotte. I think it is, and yeah. you can see if there's any tickets left. I picked some up, and there's not a ton left, so uh, anyway. You better get on it. Get on it. Uh, so that was good. Um, so we're going to go into some wacky news. All right, so this volcano is getting a little, little out of hand. Yeah, it's creating, it's destroying a lot of real estate, real estate, and probably creating a new, some new real estate opportunities <laughs> right. for the future. I've been getting emails from that Nigerian prince that says there's new land available. Oh wow! In Hawaii, there if you I go. wanted to go ahead and buy some, low, so, low, low rate. Yeah, wow. I <laughs> guess not yet. I guess he yet. finally got his money. And has reinvested in Hawaii. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, one of the things we did also on Memorial Day is we we got suckered into beachfront condo HGTV, oh, all this kind of stuff, and we just sat there and vegged on like four episodes until I realized like a I got to pee, and then two like what am I doing with my life? Like how right. am I four episodes into wanting a beach house? Mm-hmm. That thing is deadly. It yeah. is awful. Yeah. That's right. Um, anyway, so um, this is <laughs> there is awful stuff that's happening over there in Hawaii. But there is one thing that actually kind of made me laugh. The U.S. Geological Survey took a break from giving out serious updates about the Kiliawa. I don't know how to say it. Volcanic eruption, and they decided they're going to answer some of the tweets that were going on. So, uh, Mister at J Fur <laughs> asked, uh, "Is it safe?" To roast marshmallows over volcano vents, assuming you had a long enough stick, that is, would it be would it result in uh, poisoned marshmallows? Um, they came back 
to say, yeah, don't try that. That's you're, not you're a good idiot. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and then they were saying some different um, thing like the sulfuric acid. They gave uh, like actual examples of what would happen. But I like where Jay's head is at. Like if there's something that's that could roast a marshmallow in record time too. Yeah, I like that. It's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> is there any anything that you've besides a fire roasted a marshmallow on? Well, I mean, hot dogs, the traditional stuff. Or you right, s'mores. But have you roasted it on anything weird besides a fire? Uh, uh, I, I've actually cooked on like a. I've wrapped food in foil before and placed it on like the manifold of my car <laughs> and a motorcycle. I've done that nice. before, and like you know, you ride sixty miles, pull over. Open this pack, and all of a sudden, you got like campfire salmon Seriously. and vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. Are you serious? I've done it, yeah. No, you haven't. I have. You just you wrap it in foil, put yep. it on your your like, engine, yeah. and yep. let her eat. Yep. And then it cooks it. Yep. You are bullcrapping me. Yep. Learned it from my grandfather, who was a long road long road uh, long road trucker. <laughs> he, he, you know, he'd, he'd throw a little bit of ground beef and some you other vittles. Yeah, I swear, I swear. Seriously, because mm. you know I'm going to go try this. Well, we we have to take that road trip. We keep threatening, <laughs> make us make us four course dinner on the, on the engine. <laughs> We're going to have some beef and macaroni <laughs> by the time we hit so, Asheville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a wacky news? Yeah, a Florida woman named Crystal Methven <laughs> arrested on again on drug charges. Seriously. Yeah. St. Augustine, Florida, a woman with an unfortunate name is facing what is at least her 15th arrest on drug charges. Mm. Saturday morning, uh, police responded to an anonymous complaint and found three people sitting in the car. People searched the vehicle and found drug paraphernalia and a substance they field tested positive for, guess what? Mm. Her drug of choice? Crystal meth. (laughs) So Crystal Methven and Doug Nickerson uh, were arrested on possession charge 15 times. Oh, my gosh. 15 times. Oh, my gosh. To say she has a habit would be an understatement. The fact can you can you say what the name of the drug is? What? What is it? Crystal Crystal meth. What, what's the whole thing? Uh, crystal methamphetamine. Okay. Yeah. Because you you went over that like it was you got tongue tied. <laughs> crystal methamphetamine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But fifteen times. Obviously, she has a problem, and yeah. um, you're not going to be able to charge her way out of addiction. So. Mm-mm. Anyway, yeah, unfortunate name of the year. times, and that's her actual Crystal name. Crystal Method, yeah. Oh, my Method. gosh, lady. Uh, so this is the one that we said on the teaser. Uh, Christ's statue is removed from the SBC church for being too, quote, Catholic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a, a, um, a, a statue out in front of um, let me see, uh, the Red Bank Baptist Church, um, it was. It's been there for more than a decade, and it's going to be taken down because it was confusing people, thinking they were going into a Catholic church instead of a Baptist church. So um, Jesus is getting kicked out of the Southern Baptist Church. They were discovered. They discovered that there were too many people that thought it was Catholic in nature, and they are taking that down. So sorry, Jesus, you're out. Only in Catholic churches, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You think maybe you could have like dropped a little, some other advertising or something instead of taking the statue away, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess that was not appropriate or didn't think of that, but whatever. But maybe the statue should have been like sponsored by Chick Fil A, and then it would have stuck Ooh, around. Good, good point. Good point. <laughs> Do you have anything else? I don't. I think you had a couple of them, so I left it to you. All right. So that's our wacky news brought to you by Webmerized. If you want a clean, crisp website, go check them out at webmerized.com. That's webmerized.com. And you can get um, 10% off if you mention Biggin. So go check them out at webmerized.com. We'll be right back and we will have some news stories.
And also, don't forget our special guest, uh, Sergey Serge Floridas. Serge Floridas. I don't know why I got confused. That's uh, at Iris Whiskey Magazine. So we will be right back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Words cannot describe how awesome Robert and his team at Webmerized are. In our time of need, Robert came through for us and devoted more time than expected to help our organization develop our new website. It truly is a blessing to have an individual that can speak to the average person not in the IT world in a manner that can easily be understood. The process of working with his team was painless, and I look forward to working with them for future projects. Our website is spectacular, and I'm really proud of what was developed by Webmerized. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Don't take Stella H's word for it and also Southern Fried Philosophies, but go out to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, or check out the sponsors link on our website. And if you mention the word biggin in your order, you'll get 10% off. Check them out at webmerized.com for your web services needs. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and here's a couple of news stories that we're just going to kind of throw out there and kind of get our our ideas on those. Yeah. So here, um, starting off, kicking it off, is a televangelist says that God told him he needs his fourth private plane. Um, Louisiana televangelist Jesse Duplantis Deplantis. Deplantis says that he wants. Uh, you never heard of this guy before. I, I know I've seen oh. it. I just I didn't know his last name and I didn't know how to say it. Wants a fifty-four million dollar private jet so he can spread the gospel. Um, he's saying that he specifically wants this Falcon Seven X um, so that he can uh, he can spread the spread the good news. It travels about six thousand miles and costs fifty-four million dollars new. You might be able to get a used one for twenty mil. Uh, so that's easy peasy. He's saying that the the Lord has told him that he should get this uh, this plane. That uh, he asked him, "Dear Lord, how am I going to pay for it?" And then he said that the Lord told him, uh, "I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it." Don't really agree with that. And then um, he's going to keep asking or trying to get this plane. But his fourth his fourth plane, man. Fourth. Well, you know, he's not the only one. He's in good company. I think. Kenneth Copeland mm-hmm. done the same thing. Yep. Uh, Creflo Dollar has yep. done the same thing. It's um, as a follower of Christ, uh, I, I'm not judging these guys, but 54 million dollars would feed a lot of a lot of people. It clothed a lot of people. Yeah, it would help yeah. a lot of widows and widowers out. Yeah, it would help a lot of kids who don't have legs that have been removed by IDs or disease. I mean. Fifty-four mil for your own personal luxury jet to spread the gospel. Yeah, that's not my kind of uh, Christianity. I like so. He said, "If Jesus was here today, he wouldn't be traveling on a donkey." So therefore, mm. that allows him to get a plan. I mean, you know, Christ did take the servant of position, but probably a position <laughs> of servant. So I'm sure 2018, he'd probably want to be on the social medias, cool haircuts, and latest product trend. Yeah, you're right, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, you got it, nailed it. It frustrates me. Like, okay, even if, I mean, the dude's got four. This is his fourth. So that implies that he's already got three private jets. What do you need the fourth one for? Mm -hmm. Like, y'all, like, is one not good enough for you? Yeah, I think I was reading on the article. He has to stop and refuel. That's his only, his only. That's it. uh, Yeah, that's a big thing, big catch. And, yeah, you know what? For all the flack that we receive for, 
misdoings of the church and stuff like that. We just that one article right there. Mm-hmm. We deserve every bit of the flack oh, yeah. that we get. Every bit of criticism that we get from um, just the secular society, we deserve that all, man. Yeah, every bit of it. So it makes me sick. Can I does. just can I just be mm-hmm. honest with you? I can't wait till the Babylon Bee comes out with something. <laughs> you don't know what the Babylon Bee. Babylon Bee is a satirical uh, Christian website that kind of pokes fun at churches and and uh, movements, subculture, and Christianity. But it's kind of like the Onion for mm-hmm. uh, Christians. You know, so. it got sold. They sold it. Who they sell it to? Uh, well, the the guy that started it sold it off to. He didn't want to do oh, okay. anymore, so he kind of sold it off I to gotcha. some other. Some people that were already writing for him. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, golly, oh, fourth private jet. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it, fly, it, I guess flying commercials uh, so bad. Yeah, and, what they were saying is like, well, if you have a conference and it's in I don't know Africa, I'm just making something up, and then you have to fly a commercial. What happens when it gets delayed and all that kind of stuff? Which I I may may give a pass on that. Um, but you know what though, there's there's actually things for private chartering of jets. You, yeah, yeah, and you can yep. have direct flights into anywhere. Yeah. So uh, this this is a, a Sorry, this is just a vanity thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just a, a supreme luxury vanity thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, have, I take issue with people like that because I'm not I'm not I'm not one of these people that believe that pastors can only make a certain amount of money. Sure, I, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Because the pastors, yep. good pastors out there doing good work, receive mm-hmm. a lot of flack mm-hmm. for if they make more than the average pastor from 1950. You know right, what I'm saying so. Yep. Um, I, I take issue with that. I, I have no problem with these guys who make that. So I'm not part of that, that mm-hmm. brand. But these guys out there that just um, are are, are self rewarding with mm-hmm. with the message of John three sixteen, basically, and a few yeah. other things. I, I I take extreme issue with that. Yeah. And if I'm not a big fan of the of the tax and IRS, but if the IRS is seriously look at them, go have go at them because yeah. I, I think they're misabusing mm-hmm. uh, the five hundred one c three, and I, I think they're misabusing Christ's name for yep. personal reward and profit. Yep. And the sad thing is, we all sleep six feet under, and we all have to be called after death mm-hmm. for our for our actions. So you know, what would be great is when he dies that he has to fly commercial to heaven. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. It probably it probably a slow train. Right. No, it just. I, I just take extreme issue with this. And like, like I said, if somebody wants to privately donate a jet to them, that's fine. Sure. But collecting those 5 and $10 checks from uh, grandma grandma that mm-hmm. watch your program every week and, yep. and, you know, them seriously. But I also believe God will bless them for their generosity, too. Sure. But, yep. I, but I just I, I do not like this pandering for money with your tin cup out asking for something so extravagant. $54 yeah. million. Dollars, that's more money than probably – Dozens and dozens of his listeners were listeners will ever acquire an income in a whole oh, lifetime. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I just yeah, it's a pure vanity thing. And what happens when the Falcon 8X comes out? Yeah. And then now you can go ten thousand miles with special well, when it has yeah because his doesn't have custom cup holders. He needs the extra <laughs> cup holder, so you know he's got to upgrade. So, but yeah. um, yeah. I, I tell you, Jesse, I got a dealer's license. You can call me. We'll see if I can find you one at auction, a little cheaper. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, like I wonder if he's planning on selling his other three to buy the the one. Like that would yeah. almost make sense. Yeah. But I mean, if you're just wanting another one, then I don't have any. Yeah. I ain't got nothing for you. You can't have nothing. That's you can't right. even have your fourth jet. Um, the other one that I wanted to bring up is um, Roseanne. So Roseanne sent some tweets out this past weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they canceled her show. 
because of the said tweets, um, what are you, what are your thoughts on? Well, do we um, have the direct? Do you have the direct tweets? I, I even if we did, I don't know if we should say them. Um, <laughs> anyway, I can't find anything. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Rosanna Barr, Roseanne Barr, um, you know, interpretations your uh, of these tweets is up, is left up to you. I won't. I won't tell you what to think. You can, if you can find them, screenshots, you can read them. But basically, she compared uh, uh, Valerie Jarrett, who was an Iranian American immigrant um, who sat uh, prestigiously somewhere in a high cabinet position um, with Obama. And um, anyway, Roseanne tweeted her disgust and disdain for this lady, which um, I wasn't a fan of her either um, due to. Her, some of her extracurricular activities outside the office as far as connections with certain organizations. But, um, yeah, anyway, Roseanne t- tweeted some stuff, and she uh, consequently got banned, mm-hmm. or, uh, I think, from Canceled. Twitter. Or oh, she's, did she? Or I think, she's being, I think she's either being banned from Twitter or she's cancel, uh, canceling her Twitter account. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, she has subsequently – Easy so, for you to say. Let's try that anyway. again. She has lost her <laughs> show, her high-ranking show uh, – uh, what was the name of the show? Roseanne. Oh, yeah. she, lost, <laughs> he, she lost her show, Roseanne, um, that just actually came back uh, this year after being off for, what, a decade or yeah. so? I mean, so. And you know, it, it was the number one right. comedy, I think, right. on ABC. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so no mas uh, Roseanne. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that these tweets are right by any stretch, but does that warrant – being a show being canceled. Well, number one, I think the tweets. Um, I, I didn't see the whole thread because mm-hmm. suppose there's a whole thread. So yeah. I, I haven't. Be honest, with you, I haven't read them. I read one of them, and the one that I read is if you read it, it with loose interpretation, you may not see a tweet or racism because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are seeing that. And if you read it into the tweet, then it could be. I don't know. I, I wasn't Roseanne. Um, during that um, that time period when she was writing it, uh, I think she did try to blame Ambien on her. Uh, yeah, she, her, she did. So, uh, she said, yeah. I'm not racist. So, it was Ambien. So obviously, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, What's what? one of the pharmaceutical companies uh, uh, tweeted back to her about that. I don't think the side effect of Ambien is racism. But, um, so obviously that kind of leads leads to it that maybe she did have some racist, racist tones to mm-hmm. it. Um, anyway, I her being banned, I mean, Disney that owns ABC is an independent company or it's a right. publicly, publicly held company, but um, obviously they will make decisions based on uh, what they think their yeah. their best interests are. I mean that's that's up to up to them. I don't think yeah. many people watch ABC anymore. Anyway, I think everybody streams, but yeah, I but mean, um, that's that's a company decision they have to make. Where I disagree is, is there's a hypocrisy, extreme hypocrisy in mm-hmm. Hollywood. So, anyway, what, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, like, those tweets with that show being canceled, there's 200 people that's going to lose their job because of that. Sure. Which is e- lights and cameras guys and all right. that kind of stuff. It's just, it just seems, um, it seems a lot. It's a little premature, I think. I think that, um, everyone, I mean, just like there was a, an example, uh, this past, uh, the rock, the last Rockets uh, Cavaliers game in Houston. Um, the uh, the survivors of the Santa Fe, some of the the baseball team and things mm. like that, came mm-hmm. on the court and they were uh, uh, holding hands and stuff during the national anthem. Well, the, off to the off to the right, there was a a young black lady who did, wasn't holding hands with the black uh, the baseball team. So immediate, 
social media leaves it up to them. Mm-hmm. So you leave it up to social media. Social media fires back and says, yeah. look at those racist white, white baseball players <laughs> for not holding this young black lady's hands. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The black lady actually spoke up on local news and said, look, I have – I don't like to touch other people. It was nothing to do with racism. <laughs> right. she was, I grieve in my own way. Mm. I didn't want to touch anybody. Yeah. And, of course, if you pan out from the picture, that shows that several other people weren't holding hands also. Yeah. So I think social media media has a tendency to to, uh, to run towards a little bit of smoke and, really? and try to pour, pour gas on it. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I think, uh, I think ABC Disney has um, – a lot of questions to answer mm-hmm. because um, you know one of their, their late night comedian Jimmy Kimmel mm. um, yep. has has little games on a show. What was in my What's in my crotch? Where mm-hmm. he asked anonymous women to fill his crotch up to dis, to discover really? what's in that. Yeah, did not know that. Um, Jimmy Kimmel has that. played blackface on his show mm. um, during skits. Yeah. Now, do I think Jimmy Kimmel's racist? No. But do people automatically run towards blackface and automatically call racism or that? Yes. But they're not going to do it on Kimmel because no, Kimmel, no, no. you he's, know, he's a darling. Mm-hmm. And Wanda Sykes, who immediately jumped on Twitter and said she'd never come back on mm-hmm. ABC or Roseanne's show, she compared Donald Trump to an orange orangutan. Yeah, I mean, where does the double where does the standard start yeah. and where does the double standard end? I, so, I don't know. A couple pe- points on this. I do think it's funny that ABC has not thrown out the idea of rebooting Roseanne. Just without Roseanne now, uh, because it was such a money maker for them. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was funny. But your your double standard. Um, can I can I also point out uh, Louis Farrakhan this week also tweeted. Mm. I don't know if you saw this or not, not, but he wants to uh, end all white men mm. in a tweet. Why should there be an end to him? In parentheses, white man. This is what he's saying. All right. Because his nature is not in harmony with the nature of God. He he wants to literally get rid of of um, white men. White man was only given 6,000 years to rule. You cannot deny that he has ruled. But what on his principles did he rule? Righteousness, truth, justice, fairness? I don't think so. And he keeps on going to say that um, basically we want to get rid of all white men. Well, Hillary Clinton had also said in uh, one of the shows that she believes that, or actually in a speech, that we should kill all white people, old, old white people. It's actually a quote from a speech because they were the ones who were uh, more leaning towards conservative voting and um, possibly swinging major elections. So should we hold her accountable? I mean, how many times is uh, um, look? There's a writer for I think it's MSNBC, Joy Reid, who has a show. Well, when she she made some comments and. Anyways, people started digging in her past and looked through some internet archives and mm-hmm. found her personal blog, and she made some very disparaging comments against homosexuals. Mm. She still has a show. Of course, Joy Reid comes out and says that she has she was hacked, and then when they mm. came out and proved that the hack was not a hack, it was actually her, <laughs> yeah. then she had to kind of apologize and backtrack. Yeah. I don't understand why there's a double standard. Well, even the... The, the comedian that's making fun of Sarah Sanders, is that the uh, – Yeah, uh, my, Michelle Wolf. She has, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, that the stuff that she was saying wasn't funny. No, like, no I mean, there has to be – what you're saying is there has to be consistency. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do something, we have to look at everybody, no matter what side of the aisle that they fall mm-hmm. on, whatever, what po- political or – religious or whatever belief that they have and say, is this acceptable or is this not? Yeah. I, I just, and also if we're going to criticize people, let's criticize people 
And I think we should be able to criticize people, just like I was criticizing Jesse Duplantis, the Mm -hmm. preacher. I'm not criticizing all preachers. I'm criticizing that man as an individual. Right. Yeah. I believe he's. I believe he's bastardizing the 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 gospel and, and spreading the gospel. Yep. Just like I, I, if I criticize Michelle Wolf, the, the hack comedian for her mm-hmm. new show on Netflix, I'm not. I'm not ca- uh, chastising all comedians. I'm not chastising Netflix. I'm just right. chastising her poor performance. And Netflix is uh, uh, reason why they have a contract with her. Yeah. Just like Obama's, the Obamas have signed a, yeah. a, a deal with Netflix to produce movie, movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Do I think that's the wisest move in, in the history of, of Netflix? No, but they have the money to spend it. So if yeah. they want to do that, they can do that. Yeah. doesn't mean they're going to have high viewership. It just, it'll just be kind of a, a centerpiece of trophy for them. But mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly don't think it'll make a difference. I don't think it'll increase their subscribership, and I think it'll probably – Maybe piss off a few, yeah. but I, I wish we could criticize people and not all of a sudden, all of a sudden we take, for example, if you take for, for the simplest form, was was Rosie O'Donnell comparing um, uh, Valerie Jarrett to the Planet of the Apes, or was she calling her an ape? I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly I couldn't tell you. But let's not let's not brand her is a racist against all people. Maybe she has a personal vendetta against the lady. I don't mm. know, but still is it a racial a form of racial epitaph? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I think we automatically jump to the nth conclusion on a lot of things. Yeah. And just, we, we dive down deep. Yeah. And, and unfortunately they doubled down on it. And, um, if Roseanne's guilty of it, sure. She's whatever. Pay the price for it. Just kind of like, yeah. um, uh, our the south, our grandma's the, the our favorite southern grandma cook who got caught on hot mic one day yeah um maybe saying that she in the past had used the n word and mm. all of a sudden she lost her whole empire so yeah. uh, I mean there's repercussions for everything you say so but I'm not I'm not one of these people that I've been seeing on Facebook well, I share this if you support Roseanne yeah well if you remember a few years ago she was hated by conservatives yeah she yeah. they yeah. conservatives anybody that loved the red white and blue. <laughs> Hated Rosie O'Donnell for making a mistake during Rosie Bar, Roseanne yeah, Bar, Roseanne Bar. Yeah. Hate, hated, uh, yeah, no, Donald. <laughs> uh, Roseanne hated Roseanne Bar for her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, spitting on. I mean, the, yeah, the baseball game. The yeah. same conservatives are like decrying her free speech now yeah. and and being pulled. Man, I think your memory may have lapsed. So <laughs> we're good at that. Yeah. Somebody that supports Trump, that's a celebrity, we're like, oh, we're all yeah. about you now. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, backfiring, so old Morgan Freeman hmm. uh, is getting caught up. Um, I think somebody came out with a, a couple of um, in, <laughs> suggestions or saying that he, he was lewd to them, uh, said some things that he shouldn't have, and now he's being lumped into the same boat as Harvey Weinstein and Bill and, Cosby. Uh, hashtag Me Too movement. The Me Too movement. Well, yep. it'll, you know what? It, if this is truth, it'll come out. If it's mm-hmm. just a bunch of uh, hearsay and rumors, that I think it'll flush out. Yeah. Do I think Mar- Mar- uh, Morgan Freeman probably said some stuff? I don't know. Yeah. The, the truth of time will tell. But he's he's the voice of God. You know. Well, <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I love Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Him and Denzel and yeah. some of the, some of the great actors of their generation. Yeah. So I I just don't I don't think he has. I mean, Morgan's been married to the same woman for a, a lot of years. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know. Maybe I and mean what I'm hearing, and this is this is just from from reading articles. Is there was a, a a pregnant woman that was close by when he was having a conversation with Michael Caine, mm-hmm. and she walked up and and stopped when they were close by, and 
from from what they're saying is that they were discussing a um uh, an island that they were visiting that Michael Caine went to hmm. in South Africa and and Mike and Morgan Freeman looked at the lady that was standing by them evidently looked her up and down and then he said he said something to the fact of man I'd like to be there and then like I wish all I wish I was all up in that and, but he wasn't talking about the woman. The woman. He was talking the about island. the island and the yeah. vacation. I think so, uh, I think we take creative license license <laughs> with with her feelings now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 the other thing too. Let me just point out that it if if it is true, I want it to come out, and I want I want justice to be served. But I also will re- remind you of the boy who cried wolf story, mm-hmm. and that. If we just keep saying this over and over again, it will minimize all the other ones that are real. Oh, absolutely. Because it just gets inundated and it, it doesn't validate those that are actually being honest and true about it. That's right. So I agree. I don't know. Um, my last story for tonight that I kind of want to bring up is that there was a gunman that was killed uh, by a bystander after injuring two at an Oklahoma City restaurant shooting. So um, there was a guy that went into the restaurant, started shooting, killed two people. He comes out of the restaurant, and a citizen that was armed pulled out his concealed carry, shot the dude, killed him, potentially saved lives. So uh, the the point that I kind of wanted to talk about that is you don't hear that a lot in the news, and this was something you kind of had to dredge up to see. Oh, like, side, side note, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Disty Simpson from uh, Fill My Basket organization that we had on the podcast was actually several miles down the road from when that happened. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Connection to the show. There bam, you go. Bye-bye. Um, but, I th- you know, we don't hear about that at all. Um, and over and over, I think that there are robberies that are foiled. There are... Foiled like, like I'm in 1950. <laughs> There's <some> pesky kids. <laughs> There's robberies that are foiled or you know don't happen because people are are concealed carrying, and we don't hear these stories oh, enough. So when they do come, I want to like at least note you know bring them up so that people can hear that. So um, I don't. And the thing is, it's tough to hear and see those statistics of people that. Um, you know, robberies that are thwarted because of concealed carry, but actually, um, there's actually there's, there's solid FBI data out, out there for that. Is there? Yeah, because I looked, yeah, I didn't there, see any. Yeah, there's actually solid FBI data. There's some also some more independent organizations who actually break that data down hmm. and show you what concealed carry does in certain situations. So I, for next show, I'll try to find that if okay. we happen to want to talk about that. But yeah. No, I think uh, we always highlight the bad guy with a gun, but mm-hmm. never the good guy with a gun. Yeah. Uh, this was in a a case where somebody had ill ill will to commit on innocent bystanders and someone, and I guarantee you, he was probably not the only one who pulled mm. in Oklahoma City. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm just saying, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of good old boys out there that yeah. I met, so there, he was probably not the only one. He was just the first one to get the shot off. That's it. So, or that, or telling his, uh, uh, probably t- uh, some other guy probably told his uh, girlfriend, hey, hey, honey, hold this beer. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> sorry, it's already too late. So, but yeah, so this yeah. Uh, has goes off to this guy and it, we, we forget these stories so quick. Yeah. Just like um, yeah. the shooting back in Texas at, at the church. We, we highlighted the, the two guys who drove off and chased the, the shooter away and then eventually shot the guy. We, we mm-hmm. shared that story for about a minute. Yeah. Highlighted the bad of the gun. For even longer, so yeah, I, yeah so I I think we need to take these victories where um, the bad guy lost out that day. Yes, yeah. did he? I think he injured a couple of people, but um, 
It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Yep. And thankfully, somebody who had, carries for intention and good intentions mm-hmm. saved the day. Yep. So. All right. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have Serge uh, Florida. Flo- Serge Floridas. Florida. Why yeah. can't I get that right? I couldn't get subsequently <laughs> earlier. There you go. Floridas. Uh, he'll be with us uh, from Irish Whiskey Magazine. Calling so, live from Dublin. From Dublin. Or Belfast. Yeah, one of the two. One of the two. But yeah. that's still, thank you, Skype. I appreciate yeah. that. All right. We'll be back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Thanks for tuning back into the uh, Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. We have on our uh, line today, we have our friend Serge Floridas from irishwhiskeymagazine.com. So please pause this podcast, go to irishwhiskeymagazine.com, uh, check it out. He has a store there, and you can check out his magazine. Also, please go to his Facebook at uh, Irish Whiskey Magazine. Also, great, just kind of a great kind of cool tool if you like uh, different types of liquors around the world. Irish whiskey is probably one of my favorites, but anyway, you can check that out. Um, go follow him, see the wonderful work he's doing over in Ireland right now and the resurgence of Irish whiskey. But anyway, welcome to the uh, show today, Serge. Thanks very much. Lovely to be here. <laughs> well, great. So, uh, where do we begin, man? You know, when I first discovered you uh, several years ago, it was just something kind of watching on the peripheral. So, um, how long you've been doing, or how long you've been doing Irish whiskey magazine? So Irish Whiskey Magazine has been running since December 2016. Wow. So it's, and, it's a new baby. Uh, yeah, it's new. It's new. We've been running, we've done five issues now. And um, yeah, so it's been running a year and a half. And uh, I suppose it's something that's been in my head for three or four years. Right. Uh, registered the domain and everything. And finally plucked up the courage to go and give it a go. Good. What uh, what kind of got you interested in Irish whiskey, per se? Why not uh, fish and chips? <laughs> what, 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 drew, yeah. what drew you to Irish whiskey? Yeah, I guess everybody has their vice, but um, for me, it's something that I came across growing up. Right. You know, my, my uncles, my dad, my granddad, they all drank whiskey. Um, and, you know... Irish whiskey at the time, me growing up, was always a mystique in a way. It was um, something that the older gentleman would drink in a pub on a, you know, in a dark, dingy bar right. <laughs> on a cold winter's night. And um, it always had that kind of intrigue and mystique and a bit of romanticism about it. You know, and, and my granddad, he had a small shot of whiskey every day. And he lived to be 104. So wow, wow! <laughs> I'm not advocating it as a <laughs> health product, <laughs> but uh, it didn't do him any harm. Right. Well, I, I, I'm gonna take that as a gospel, and I'm doing a shot of Irish whiskey every night now. <laughs> so. Serge, that's that's very uh, similar to the stories of bourbon here in Kentucky. So I know that uh, you guys have the Irish whiskey. We view the same thing as bourbon here in the States. Um, you know, just the, the the romanticism of bourbon right now is really, really hot here. So we can we can definitely relate to that. 
yeah, I think it's something maybe maybe cross world, you know, is it's a phenomenon that's taken off in the last you know, really taken off in the last five years, right. I would say. Um and and you know, a lot of that is due to you know, what's been happening in the States and the branding of some of the bigger mm. bigger companies as well that have helped to uh, revive the brand. Irish whiskey. Sure. So if somebody picked up a uh, Irish whiskey magazine, what what all would be in in that magazine? Well, I mean, uh, we have a couple of uh, philosophies around what we do, and premium to that is that we create original content and content from the grassroots. So it, it, it's not the kind of commercial uh, article that you're going to find. In a bigger publication, perhaps, or, you know, one that isn't based here, you know, we're fortunate that we have the capability to go and talk to any of the brands, mm. uh, blenders, distillers, people that work there, bar people, collectors. So it's very much a, you know, a community kind of driven periodical. Right. But with a slightly different angle. And I think, you know... I suppose because we're coming from it fresh, we can afford and we can take a few more risks uh, and be a bit more innovative. You know, we haven't established the massive customer base, you know. So, yeah, I think something genuine, innovative, uh, quality is obviously something that we try to reflect mm-hmm. and as in the Irish whiskey. So, yeah, we're trying to push boundaries and, and make it... Uh, approachable but in depth as well nice uh, and do it in a, in a in a nice looking way well i noticed the uh the thing that impressed me about um when i saw the magazine I, and i never had had held a, an edition of my hands until that that night that you brought one down to the uh, lobby of that hotel we were staying in in dublin the, what strikes me is the quality it's you know here stateside there's a, several magazines that we call coffee ta- coffee table quality mm-hmm. something yeah. stuff that you'll put out and um uh, just display for your your friends and family and guests. And one thing I can kind of relate it to is a new a new Southern magazine called Garden and Gun. It's that high quality, high gloss pictures. I mean, it's a, it is a it is something to be proud of. I mean, I I, I was very impressed. I thought I, was, I thought be honest with you, I didn't know what I was going to get. I thought I was going to get some kind of like tabloid rag newspaper, but no, that wasn't it. I got a nice hard quality uh, magazine. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're very proud of what we've produced. I suppose again coming in, in very green into the publishing business uh, we we wanted something that was very tactile something that reflected the quality of the product uh, and to put Irish whiskey in the best light possible right and um, you know I'm, I'm very fortunate we've got great printer with gra- uh, GPS color graphics out of a fantastically talented graphic designer Raddock and uh, you know, and, and he has no interest in whiskey, <laughs> so 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 he he doesn't have the constraints that somebody may have. You know, he can come in fresh and, and take a new viewpoint in it, and uh, and really apply creative talents to it. Naivety can be a wonderful thing sometimes. <laughs> um, so I guess, uh, what did you do before uh, deciding to be the owner and editor chief, editor in chief of uh, Irish Whiskey Magazine? Were you? I mean, have you been in the bar industry? Uh, what what were you doing before uh, this magazine came about? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I took a very different career path to what you might normally take. Uh, I was in IT for 24 years. Oh, wow. So um, databases and uh, networks are my background. Wow. In, in fact, if we go further back, I'm a mechanical engineer. Wow. Oh, so, my, my understanding, that's a, I, I, IT is a big, uh, big part of Irish economy right now. Is that true? Yeah, it was a great ticket. Uh, it gave me uh, a good career, and uh, I'm very thankful I had that opportunities. Right. But, um, you know, things move on. Something challenging, something different. Well, and, um, um, yeah, let's talk about the Irish whiskey itself, because I'm, I'm sure, look, at the probably the biggest misnomer with whiskeys is the difference between scotch and irish whiskey and i'm sure the two don't want to be compared so what uh, i guess our listeners here explain what irish whiskey actually is maybe some of the part of the process of being made and how it how it differs itself from uh, it's it's you know scottish cousins but also it's american cousins hmm. yeah well i mean irish whiskey isn't that phenomenally different a process as such and there are different um different recipes if you like so i think here one of the big things is we're blessed with perfect climatic conditions for growing barley right uh, so the quality of the barley the the farmers themselves um they're really producing top quality barley uh, so the ingredients is premium the weather is ideal for making whiskey we don't have huge variations in temperature so relatively mild winters and certainly not very warm summer um, then we have you know the climatic conditions I suppose we're, we're off the Atlantic coast so that also helps um, and then you know we we have traditionally triple distilled our whiskey um, oh, nice. although to say that that is one of the big differences is probably a misnomer um, there are some scotch whiskies that are triple distilled mm-hmm. and um it has a reputation of being a smoother whiskey. Now, you know, I, I hate that term myself because, you know, it, it, it pigeonholes Irish whiskey right. into a very distinct bracket. And an Irish whiskey is far from all, far from that pigeonhole, especially lately and even historically. Um, Irish whiskey is um, moving into a new era now in which they're experimenting it's not necessarily about the smoothness, it's about the variety, it's about the finish, it's about the techniques. And then Irish whiskey has some tradition of what's called pot still whiskey. And, um, and if you really want to differentiate between scotch and bourbon and other whiskies, uh, Irish pot still or single pot still whiskey is synonymous with Irish whiskey. And that's a uh, a mix, if you like, of a mash from malted and unmalted barley. Hmm. Oh, wow. And, and in fact, if you go back further, you're talking about having other cereals in there like oats, wheat, rye. So you know, the, the notion that it was just barley is actually a fallacy as well. Wow. You talk about different cereals. Do you ever mix any like Frosted Flakes or anything like L- that in there? Lucky Charms. <laughs> That was, a, that was just right. a joke. You <laughs> that threw me off. <laughs> now, do they could that be do, is a, is is Irish Irish whiskey? Is it aged in any barrels or any type of th- anything like that? 
Well, I mean, Irish whiskey doesn't have to be aged in 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 oak barrels. Okay. Right? So the definition, the definition of Irish whiskey is that it is aged in wooden barrels for hmm. three years. Interesting. Um, and so so lately, you know, and only relatively recently that you're seeing finishes in in, in chestnut and other varieties of of wood, and uh, that's certainly an area that you're going to see more innovation in. So what 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 is you know what's the future of Irish whiskey? I mean, because like, I, I, we were while, oh, we, while the, we were there visiting, um, we noticed in some of the some of the towns like Galloway and Dublin, they had these huge stores that were just nothing but Irish whiskey. You'd go in, you know, do a couple shots, whatever, you know, try a different variety. But we noticed a lot of uh, Europeans. I, I actually saw some Middle Easterners. So I, hmm. I'm not exactly sure what, what the future beholds. I know it's been being exported right now. That's one of the hottest liquors in the world is being exported. So uh, what, do you think, yeah. what do you think the future holds for Irish whiskey as, a, as itself? Oh, well, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic about the future, I have to say. I mean, I've... I've, I've heard of upcoming releases that are you know um breathtaking in, in their innovation so you're starting to see people producing you know high percentage of rye high percentage of of other cereals you're you're starting to see innovative casks you're seeing you know the number of distilleries growing from effectively four or five to the future looks like over 30 oh wow so uh, you know, so so now I think the emphasis is going is going to move from. I mean, there are so many brands out there, but originally they came from these four or five sources. Now you're going to have thirty different sources, and you're going to have some, hopefully, very exciting blends, some some very exciting single malts and pot stills, and um, a lot of innovation, and you know, people taking more risks. They have to stand out and differentiate themselves, and. Um, you know, of course, traditionally the U.S. has been the big market for Irish whiskey, but um, if you look east to Asia, that's certainly a market that uh, is there for picking. Right. Uh, Irish whiskey is at a low base there, and uh, you know, probably around one percent of whiskey sold in Asia is Irish, so huge oh, wow. growth potential. Yeah, so you know, and you've got government bodies now involved in in programs like uh, Origin Green, which talks about sustainability and terroir, and you know, um, organic. You're you're starting to see organic uh, whiskey as well. So, you know, the first world's first organic pot still there is done by Walsh Whiskey. So, hmm. that's exciting. And then Waterford Distillery are doing some exciting stuff with. So barleys and sources as well so it's it's very exciting times and i don't think we're going to see an awful lot new for maybe two or three more years right you know we'll certainly see an increase over the next two or three years but then i think we're just going to see an explosion of different varieties well, I can tell you right now, I was uh, kidding a candy store at, uh, <laughs> at the airport getting ready to leave at the duty-free shop, and there was so much to choose from. And, and luckily, I, uh, I took your recommendation and brought back a couple bottles of what you recommended, and it was quite delicious. Our pastor mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Uh, some <laughs> men, at the, well, men that came over hung out of the house enjoyed it, so it was, a, it was a good stuff. I think I brought you a bottle, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I got the, the Bushmills. Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, Black yeah. Bush. Black. <laughs> Careful. Well. <laughs> So. There's no refunds if you've drank it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but yeah, 
long as you didn't miss your flight as well. No, uh, no, no. We <laughs> but, we we wanted to miss the flight, but uh, my sure. wife went, my wife wife wouldn't allow me to miss it because uh, I was ready to hang around for another week or so. So. <laughs> no, look, I mean, there's some there are some fantastic whiskies there out there now that are. You know, very unusual cask finishes, some in cognac, some in marsala, some oh, wow. in ruby port casks, you know, finished in Mizunara, Japanese oak, oh, wow. uh, in chestnut. You know, so it's almost, I mean, the danger is, of course, that, you know, something just goes too far out and it's too <laughs> wacky. Or, yeah. And 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 it's not that it's too wacky. There's nothing wrong with being too wacky. It's that there has to be the essence and, and the core of quality maintained and everything. And I think that's my only reservation about the the potential growth of Irish whiskey. Yeah. You know, if you've suddenly got thirty distilleries opening up, you know, resources are stretched, um, mm. and acquiring the right talent and the skill set to make a good whiskey, they're not that easily available so Serge you've got uh, five issues out of the magazine what what all goes into making a um, an edition copy, yeah. well I mean firstly nothing is possible without the brilliant writers I have mm. and uh, you know it's one of the joys I have is that people that are enthusiasts that really love and have a passion for whiskey are able to put their voice through the magazine and and, and that's the biggest thrill for me and, and you know without them nothing is possible so mm-hmm. a lot of the ideas and concepts come from them um, you know we do series with them we do ad hoc um, interviews we do ask people to write or I mean we don't ask and people are very generous with their knowledge and um they're very willing to share what they know and a lot of them put it through in a very nice way so certainly the volume and collecting information is not a problem Uh, sometimes collating and putting it all together and putting some structure around it is something that's uh, Mm, difficult and then a lot like this show (laughs) yeah well like I said like I mean Raddick is a a very very talented designer and um he just gets it you know and I, I talked to hundreds of designers before I started this and um, I don't know what it was he just got it he, he just got the what I was trying to portray the way I was trying to portray it so you know the quality of the publication and the view has to match the quality of the content yeah. you know it's no point having a fancy box and then rubbish inside so. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right I've had bourbons that were like that, that had a fancy bottle, but but you tasted it and it was awful. <laughs> I've had one or two. I've had one or two whiskeys that are like that too. Of course, not Irish, but others. <laughs> so, are you the only publication that solely focuses on Irish whiskey? Yeah, to the, to the best of our knowledge, yes, certainly from Ireland. Anyway, uh, I haven't come across anybody else just specializing in Irish whiskey, oh. and. Uh, you know, that'll change. That'll change. So Yeah, but you're the nose um, of the dog, baby. You're the nose of the dog. So you, it's, yeah, always, it's, yeah. always easy, it's always harder to jump out there, you know, when you're the only person doing it. But when other people catch on, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I do think you need an element of competition, certainly, mm-hmm. to, to keep um, pushing the boundaries. 
and uh, but I think at the moment we're early, and you know it's important that every issue we push the boundaries further and, and increase the quality, and um, hopefully reach out to more people. Maybe you should do like a, maybe, maybe you should let us do an op-ed piece every 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 uh, magazine. It'd be uh, the, are your American cousins tasting Irish whiskey for the first time or certain brands? That'd be that'd be interesting. You know, I mean, we're lucky in that we, you know, the team as a whole, they all want to improve all the time. Oh, yeah. And you know, I think we've set the bar high, and and it can be difficult to to keep pushing it, but. It's important that we do. Oh, absolutely. It's important that we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, just looking at the Perfect. site, it looks like that it's only a physical copy that you can get. Are you guys going to go uh, web and, and do that option? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the next move will be to take a site that, even in our eyes, I mean, and, and looking at it close, we're not happy with the site. Um, so our, our focus was was physical copy first and mm-hmm. then we will we need to get the digital right and there are two views on this um, you know we can do a web site that uh, will be very informative and that's our first plan and then the second objective is to actually create a, a digital copy mm-hmm. and um, I, you know we personally you know I've been reluctant probably up till now to, to actually look into it because I like the tactile feel of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I do too. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I don't know uh, how easy it is to transform the immersive properties of that online or into a digital version. But I think we've, I think we've found something very interesting, and it's going to be very different to your traditional digital publication because the digital publication. It's not going to try and mimic a magazine. That's you right. know, they're a different medium, and you know we want this a great experience, but we're not trying to mimic a magazine in a, in a digital download or something like that. Right. So, yeah, we, we have something in place, and and I'm hoping within the next six weeks that we will be live with them. Oh wow, six weeks! Yeah, that's our target. That's great. Yeah. yeah even just looking at the covers, like they're really, really well done. Um, and it just makes me want it. Even online, I'm just like trying to keep double clicking, you know, double tapping it just so I can open it up because I want to see a bigger picture. Um, but yeah, the covers just look look to for a better phrase, for lack of a better phrase, they just look sexy. They're really really cool looking. Well, the f- funny thing is that I get a lot of people saying they love the smell of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. No, that's true. I don't know if that reflects poorly on us. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. look, it's another immersive. It's another immersive experience. So, right. um, you know, people want experiences, and and what we're trying to do is provide genuine, authentic, innovative experiences. Right. And you know, that, and that's the way Irish whiskey is going. So mm. we need to reflect that. Yeah. No, that's a good call. I didn't think about that. Yeah, my favorite issue so far was the uh, uh, the whiskey ambassador uh, uh, magazine. I really enjoyed that. Well, uh, we only did that to sell to all the ambassadors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that was a yeah. There's something about having not having the face on a cover that really draw, draws yeah. you into that particular issue. Mm. And you know, it, it's important that. There's an awful lot of unsung heroes in the industry, and um, bartenders, ambassadors, farmers, 
you know, graphic designers, marketers, salespeople, they're not necessarily given the credit and the front page that they deserve. You know, this is a, you know, there is a, there's the whiskey producer, but there's the whiskey community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they deserve a voice. Mm. And this, this episode, a- uh, this, uh, this issue, number five, actually has Kieran Keane on it as, as a facer of, you know, as a personality. Yeah, so he's our first, he's our first person to be on the cover. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that came about because I went to a, a whiskey tasting, a cocktail tasting in, in the Jameson Distillery. And, you know, when somebody has the ability to portray the passion that they have for something mm. and it shows, then you're sucked in. You're sucked in. You can't help but fall in love with the guy. Mm. You know, you're just sucked in with both his knowledge and, you know, he's just such a gentleman. And But his passion is unbelievable. You know, I mean, the guy has... An engineering degree, an interior design degree, but he yeah. just loves people, and he loves giving to people of what he knows and what he makes. And it was just incredible, and you know, and we're going to follow that series up. You know, we're planning on doing somebody very influential, uh, unusually, I suppose, a woman in the next issue mm. that has been a bartender and um, give her viewpoint. So it's a little mini series that we want to try and and give credit to those people and you know there's lots of people interested in getting into the business as well yeah i think in in kentucky they've got they just recently have got a female master distiller um in one of the distilleries and that's that's kind of a new trend now is to have not a trend but like women interestingly enough they have way more taste buds than men do and they can pick up more on the subtle women were the same (laughs) <laughs> um, absolutely. absolutely so it's interesting yeah. Yeah. I mean they have, they have a they do have better taste better taste profiles and better taste buds that's, I mean that's what I tell my wife that's what you I tell know, my wife think, she had good taste in me so. <laughs> well I think, uh, you know uh, a woman will smell the alcohol off your breath very quickly <laughs> <laughs> so true but, you know I mean, but now what I'm loving to see now is, you know, even in the colleges that have started up that are teaching distilling, there's a large percentage of women. Mm, You know, our readers at the moment are between 25 and 30 percent women. At the younger age, they're they're over 30 percent. And I think that's that's vital that we include them more. And we're trying to get more women writers involved in the magazine. We've um, we interviewed um, Lisa Ryan in issue five from Walsh Distillery uh, Mm. and. No, she's a groundbreaker, and and there are others. You know, there's um, other female distillers in, in other distilleries, and and so there should be. So mm-hmm. there should be to bring sure. to bring something something new, and, and if, even if not new, I mean, they're more than capable. There's no, you know, there's no barrier there. Traditionally, of course, it was a very male orientated business, mm-hmm. but you look at key roles today, the key marketing people. Are women mm-hmm. the key ambassadors? There's an awful lot of women there. Uh, in terms of distillery managers, I would say the majority are women. You know, and senior roles in major corporations, they're women, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Do you think fantastic. the the uh, the, whis- the role of whiskey, Irish whiskey, and Irish culture is it? You talked about the farmers. Now, I know, you know, when visiting Ireland, I found out that a lot about the Irish 
it's ec- economics and also uh, just a lot a larger part of the country there is tied to agrarian to the agriculture so do you think that that also ties into the the lure of Irish whiskey being a part of the culture there I mean I, I, Irish whiskey I mean it's in the blood yeah. you know it's in the blood yeah and uh, you know if you slice a, an Irish man you're, you're probably going to find whiskey in there but um, <laughs> but yeah it, it is part of your heritage it's one thing that Ireland do very very well they have the good conditions they've had the innovation they've had uh, the hardships that have forced them to be innovative you know mm. you know um, having you know essentially barricades with the uh, trade barriers with with the UK uh, point in history you know not having their own lands being taxed by foreign governments I mean they're all things that have led to innovation you know the use of unmalted barley partly is certainly attributed to the malt tax that was imposed upon them by the English hmm. um, so it, it's um, I mean the farmers I think are going to be playing an increasing role certainly and I think that they they are they are some of the best farmers in the world they you know if you look at the the yield they're getting per acre you know it's way and above what the normal is and um, you know they're not doing it for the money because it's not a high paying sure but i mean they're gonna that is an issue that does have to be addressed so that the farmer gets a fair price for his grain yeah i think it's a i think it's always a concern even stateside here you know that's always a concern you know what, what the the beginning products of the you know, making sure they get their yeah. fair square so well uh serge um, we appreciate you coming on before we uh before we announce you out here uh, we have a little game and i'll let jt uh, tell you about so we're going to play a little game if if you like it's called 10 and 1 i'm going to ask you 10 questions and see if you can get it in under a minute would you be willing to play Sure, let's say no harm trying. (laughs) All right, here we go. All right. Nobody uh, knows me. (laughs) All right, we'll start the clock. Uh, Cocoa Pebbles or Lucky Charms? I don't know what either of those are. I don't know. to bring you a box next time. (laughs) What's the oldest whiskey that you've ever had? I've had a 1951 Napoque Castle. Wow. I was very lucky to have tried that. (laughs) What was your... Fantastic. What's the what's your favorite magazine that is not yours? My favorite, uh, I like the magazine called Suitcase. Okay, uh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful travel magazine. Uh, uh, you know, inspiring. Uh, I know it's not Ireland, but it is Scotland. Loch Ness monster is it real or fake? Call me a cynic. I'm going to say fake. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of soap do you use, Dove or Irish Spring? Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the royal wedding? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite place to visit in Ireland? I love Donegal and Dingle. What is your favorite Gaelic phrase? There is a phrase that says, if you look out of west and you, c- you can't see anything, it's because it's raining. <laughs> and if you can see, if you can see something, it's going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, a place that you would love to visit? Uh, I have a fascination with going to Japan. Okay. 
And then our last question yeah. is, everybody has a, a spirit animal that they identify with. If you had a spirit food, what would it be? A food that you identify with the most? A food? Yes, yes sir. Chili con carne. Wow, that's an awful wall one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, before before we <laughs> let you before we let you go, I just want to make sure we got all your social media plugs. Uh, you can go to, to uh, his website at irishmagazine.com. Um, please go there. Actually, look at their uh, their combo packs. You can order a single issue. You can order a uh, yearly subscription also. Beautiful. Once again, I cannot tell you how beautiful this magazine is. Uh, go to his Facebook at Irish Whiskey Magazine. Um, any other social media plugs you want to put out there, Serge? Well, no. I mean, everything on terms of social media, it's everything is at, at Irish Whiskey Mag. So we don't want somebody typing too many words. So <laughs> Irish Whiskey Mag. And then the website is irishwhiskeymagazine.com. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Oh, God knows what else now. There's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Every new, a new right. one pops up all the time. So. And you can also go to our show notes, and all that information will be there too as well. well once I had again. my 12-year-old niece explain Snapchat to me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, I don't allow yeah. my kids on Snapchat, so that's, that's a no-go. That feels like it would be painful, or at least it sounds like That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, thanks, Serge. We appreciate you having on. Um, once again, uh, I really appreciate him coming on. Like I said, I've had uh, – we start, first chat, started chatting online. I found his magazine through some whiskey lover's website or something like that on Facebook. But uh, it was great to meet him in person. I'm great to interview him. I've been trying to get him on for a year, but – Anyway, um, hope you guys enjoy this episode. You can please go to uh, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. You can find us there. We're going to be working on some other avenues pretty soon. You can also go to our Facebook page at Southern Fried Philosophy or our Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also go to our YouTube.com forward slash SFP Radio. And as always, keep it rolling. <laughs>